0: the food is still moving on your plate. And you're kind of hoping they're going to cook it, okay? But it's not cooked. here, And so you learn to eat those things. And so, you know, like the old missionary once said, Lord, where you send me, I will follow. And what you feed me, I will swallow. Amen? So there you go. And uh, so, but uh, I really like everything. There's nothing that really, uh, my taste buds, like you said, Brother Mackay, I just, I love to eat and I enjoy it and I thank God for the palate that he's given me and uh, I love to eat. So thank you church. Thank you for the wonderful food that we had tonight. Such a blessing to me. Thank you so much. Amen. It's really a blessing to have my wife uh, with me. Uh, she doesn't travel a lot with me. Uh, I know many of you in the church have been praying for her uh, over the last couple of years. She had five different surgeries. Uh, she had a brain tumor removed. She had a Uh, A bone that was in her spinal cord removed from that, so it helped with her back and um, fell a couple times, broke both shoulders and had a couple surgeries and and gallbladder surgery and COVID twice and then taking care of me, which is actually a full-time job anyway, you know. So she worries so much about me, but uh, she knows that the Lord saved my soul. My life is in his hands. You know, it's his call. You know, but people say, well, when are you going to retire, Brother Bonner? I say, when I see Jesus face to face. Okay, I'll go till I can't go no more. I'll go till He says, come home. Come up hither. That's, And I hope you'll do the same thing. You know why? Because He's worth it. He's worth it. He's worth everything. Everything. When we understand what He did at Calvary, when we understand that that blood and the sacrifices and the the spikes and the spear in His side and all that blood and all that rejection and all that. He took our sin. He took my sin. And He gave me His righteousness. He made me His son. And sometimes sons, they make mistakes. Sometimes they get spanked. But I'm a child of the King. And if you're saved here tonight, you're born again, you're a child of the King. And if you're not walking with Him right now, maybe you're kind of wondering about where you are and what to do, and maybe the world is influencing you a little bit. Come back to the Savior. We sing a song in Zambia, "Buela, wa lubile bakwita, which means, Come back, my child. Come back. Come back to the Lord and realize just how good He is and fast and quick to forgive if we'll come with a broken heart understanding we broke his heart and we come and we confess it and we can get right with God boy there's nothing sweeter than walking in fellowship with the king of kings and the lord of lords and having fellowship in the church tonight amen you know we're going to continue with this revival and I believe it's um, the theme I guess of this teaching I'm doing is basically about prayer Because you can't have revival without praying. You can't have revival without talking to God. You know, you can't have any restoration in your life unless you are talking and obeying what God has called you to do. You know, when God called Abraham in Genesis 22, and He told Abraham, Take thy son whom thou lovest. That's the first time the word love appears in the Bible. He says, take who you love. Verse 5 says, go and worship me. Offer him there for a sacrifice. First time the word worship appears. I think I mentioned that to you last time I was here with you. The fact that love and worship go together. Love is not a feeling. It's an act of your will. You willingly submit to what God says to do in His Word. You willingly do that. And then what does Jesus say say about that? Take up your cross and follow me. Okay, it's that sacrifice. Paul wrote about it in Romans 12. To be a living sacrifice. Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. So I'm going to continue tonight, if if I can, on prayer and the Word. So look at Acts chapter 6 again. We'll start with the Word and allow God to speak. And then we will respond to what the Word of God says tonight. Acts chapter 6 again. This is the beginning again of the church. You know, in chapter 2, as far as the, the Holy Spirit coming in and dwelling the believer, the birth of the church. You say, Brother Bonner, when did the church begin? Well, it began with Jesus, okay? It was conceived in the life of Christ. I believe life begins at conception. When Jesus Christ was You know, on this earth, he was the head of the church. And he looked at Peter and he says, I will build my church. And then he goes on to tell Peter, when you're converted, when you have the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit of God, you'll understand what I've called you to do. Remember, Peter had seen Jesus on two other occasions after the resurrection, and we get to John 21, and Peter doesn't recognize who Jesus is. He didn't recognize Jesus talking to him in John 21. But John did. He said, Peter, it's the Lord. It's the one that heard the heartbeat of God, the one that had and loved Jesus Christ. The one that wrote the book of Revelations, The one that wrote John and first and second and third John. And so we see here in the word that, and I believe the birth happened. The actual birth happened at Acts 2. That baby came out, there was people from all nations. Every man heard them speak in his own language. It was like, these men are full of new wine. They're drunk at 9 o'clock in the morning. What's going on? And it was the indwelling power of the Holy Ghost that came in and anointed Peter's preaching that day. And thousands trusted Christ and repented of their sins. That was the birth of the church. And now the church starts growing. Because you're in Acts 1, who's getting saved? There's Jews. Acts 2, Jews. Acts 3, Jews. Acts 4, Jews. Acts 5, Jews. 6, Jews. 7, all of a sudden Stephen comes up, right? In Acts 7, he's talking to the Sanhedrin, the leaders of the religious people. And he says what? You do always resist the Holy Ghost. Remember what he said? Remember what they did? They stoned Stephen, right? They killed him. You say, why is that significant? Because the Jewish leadership Just rejected the Trinity of God. They rejected John the Baptist when he came. All right? He came and the Father sent him as a forerunner. And so the Pharisees came to Jesus and said, By what authority do you do these things? And Jesus said, I'll tell you what, I'll answer your question if you'll answer mine. Was John's baptism from heaven or from man? And they said, well, we can't answer that because if we'll say from heaven, then they'll say, why didn't you listen to John? Because John pointed to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He was preaching about the Messiah. There he was. The Father sent John. And then they rejected the Son. We have no king but Caesar. Crucify him. And then in Acts 7, you do always resist the Holy Ghost. Boom, the blessed Trinity of God rejected by a nation. By the religious system. And then we see the Ethiopian unit getting saved in Acts 8. And then in Acts 9, who got saved? Paul. Saul on the road to Damascus. And then Paul was given this special revelation. Given the revelation, the mystery of what? The church. And here we are today, gang, after all those years. And in Acts chapter 6, look what it says. Again, let's go down to verse number 3. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you, seven men of honest report. They're choosing some deacons full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Look at verse 7. And the Word of God increased and the number of the disciples, what? Multiplied. Not added, multiplied. So many of them began to get what? Saved because they were into prayer and the Word. Prayer and the Word became the foundation of the early church. And look what it says there multiplied. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. So, Father, we come in the name of Jesus. God, please bless your word. Lord, you've spoken to us, your perfect, preserved, inspired word. Lord, how those early men that you chose, that you picked, Lord, that were filled with the Holy Ghost at, at Pentecost. And then Lord, as the church began to grow, they saw a great need in taking care of the people. The so, Lord here in your word, they chose these seven honest, good men, full of the Holy Ghost to carry out the daily ministration and help the people while the teachers and the pastors and those that were teaching and leading and preaching, Lord, could get in tune with You and pray and seek Your Word and be able to give it out. And we see the lives, countless, numerous, just so many people giving their life to Jesus. So Lord, help us as a New Testament church here today to see once again the importance of prayer. In the Word, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. I believe that in the Word of God, God promises that through a daily commitment to prayer, our lives can be changed. I told you this morning how my life was changed because of prayer, because of that woman praying for me to be saved. And then, of course, after being saved, learning how to talk to God. And then, learning how to listen to what the Word is saying. And then, agreeing with God in prayer as I'm reading the Word of God. And God has given me something to say back to Him after I read the Word of God. You know, this is the revelation of God. This is God's... Mind, his heart, his will for us. And revelation comes from God, and he demands a response. He wants us to respond to the revelation. So I want to encourage you over the next few days to please make a commitment to come back each evening, because each evening we're going to sort of add a piece, add a piece, add a piece to show you what it means to have a committed prayer life. Number one, you need to be in the Word of God anyway. The Word of God changed my life. If it wasn't for this book, there's no telling what I would be. Where I just had a hunger. I wanted to know God. I wanted to know the One who saved me. So someone gave me a Bible, and I read it from cover to cover the first month I had it. Somebody gave me another version. I read it from cover to cover. So I, I was reading it once a month. And after about three or four months of reading these Other versions, the only one I could memorize was the KJV. It was the only one I could memorize. So I went in a Bible bookstore. I wasn't even going to an independent Baptist church at the time because I didn't know what an independent Baptist was. I didn't know what a Catholic was. I didn't know what an Anglican was. I didn't know what a Presbyterian, a Unitarian, or Methodist was. I was a, as we say in Texas, I was your basic boogerhead, okay? I didn't know anything. But I wasn't a fool. I believed there was a God. And so I understood that. I just didn't think God could love me. How could a God that's so holy that they're preaching about love someone that is so rotten and deserves hell? Okay? That's where I was headed. You know, I used to tell my friends, I will party one day in hell. Let me tell you something, there's no party in hell. People are suffering there for eternal, eternity. And will be there until they're brought up. It says in the book of Revelation when death and hell were delivered up to the great white throne judgment. And then they were going to cast to the lake of fire forever and ever and ever and ever. Oh my. That's where I was going. I understood there was a God. But I didn't know He could love me. But He came into this world to save sinners. He didn't come to call the righteous. He came to call the sinners. And I said, here am I, I'm a sinner. God saved my soul. And I cried out to God and He saved my soul. I've never got over that day. Never got over that day of being saved. I didn't know a book from another book in the Bible, but I knew that I had peace. I knew something had happened to me. The guilt was gone. But you know what happened? As soon as that, couple hours later, four or five hours later, guess what? The old devil comes knocking. The old deceiver comes knocking. The deceptor, the one who's giving you deception and trying to lie to you, whispers in my ear and goes, you can't be saved. Look at the lives you've destroyed. Look at what you've done. There's no way. And I got to thinking, oh my, oh my. I, you know, this voice I'm hearing, he, he's got to be right because I. all of a sudden I began to what? Doubt the salvation I had almost immediately. And so somebody gave me a Bible and I opened it right up to... It's amazing. I don't know how this works. But I opened it up right to 1 Corinthians. And it says there in one of the chapters, it goes, Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I read that verse... And I went, oh no, that voice I'm hearing is right. I can't be saved. But I kept reading, because the next verse says this, And such were some of you, but ye are washed, but ye are sanctified in the name of the Savior. And so when I read that, I went, hallelujah, glory to God. Look at that deceiver. Get behind me, Jesus, I am one of those. I was one, but I'm not that anymore because I'm a new creature in you. And when I read that, I don't know, man, I got excited about the Bible. And I just wanted to know God. And so every time I'd have a doubt or things I would question, I was in the Word. I want to hear from Him. I want to hear from Him before I pray. I want to hear from Him before I go on a trip or do whatever. I want to hear from Him before I say yes to anything. I want to hear from Him. I want Him to lead me and guide me through His Word. Again, in our relationship with God, if we want it to be stronger, okay, then we're going to have to be men and women of prayer. Men and women that will take time to pray. Not to seek God's hands, His provisions. You know... It's okay to ask God for things. But you know, His Bible says, Jesus says, I know what ye have need of before you ask. God knows what you need. Okay? The problem sometimes is we're not asking for our needs, we're asking for our wants. God, I'd like this. I'd like this. Oh, oh God, I'd, I'd like this. And we ask amiss to consume it upon our lust. We're asking for God's hands, His provision when He said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. He said, you see the birds? They got nests. He said, look look at, look at, look around. I take care of everything. I'll take care of you. And I'm here to say that God has taken care of us through thick and thin. Through My wife had a, almost a half a million dollar surgery on her brain. You know, and then another half a million dollar surgery on her, uh, her back. And guess what the, the doctors did? Pro bono. I didn't have the money. But I knew she needed those surgeries. Don't leave out God. Don't let God be your last resort. Let God be your first resort. And go to Him. Tell Him about it. Because He knows what you have need of anyway. He just wants you to seek His face. He just wants you to come into His presence. He just wants some fellowship with you and me. And so we need to understand that. See, God is making all things new. And we are expectant to see His goodness at this event. And this event we're having right now. Because what we're going to be talking about this week and have been this morning is prayer and the ministry of the Word of God. Now, let me ask all of you a question you don't have to answer. Why do you pray? Why do you pray? Well, I'm going to give you my reason why I pray. Here it is because he is worthy. He's worthy to be sought. Jesus said, seek me and you'll find me. He says, ask I give it. Okay? He says, knock, it'll be open. And again, we think that and we take that, well, God, I, I'm knocking, I want a new truck. Lord, I want this. I need a house. I need this. I need that. No, wait a minute. You need him. You need to get close to him. You need to get close to the Savior. You need to get as close as you can to Him. How do you do that? Through the Word and through communication with Him, through talking to Him on a regular basis. We are living today in the age of excess. I'm afraid we have probably more than we need. Sometimes I think we need to die to our flesh and rid ourselves of anything that distracts us from coming to the Heavenly Father. Coming to Jesus. What is taking our time up? Let me tell you something. He's worthy to be sought. He's worthy to be pursued. Remember, we got an enemy. And he is the master of distraction. He distracts us from the word he distracts us from prayer he distracts us from witnessing he distracts us to get us not to coming for the fellowship in the, in the body he's the master of distraction that's Satan he doesn't want you to pray okay he doesn't you know the devil never attacked Jesus when he was feeding the 5,000 okay all right. He attacked him when he was 40 days and 40 nights fasting, talking with the Heavenly Father. Hello? You know why we don't pray? Because we get distracted. The enemy wants to take us away from the special time of getting to know Jesus in a personable way. Because he is personal, he is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And one day the Father's going to lean over and say, Son, go get our children. And he's coming in the clouds. And 1 Thessalonians 4 tells us that. Just remember, he sends the weapons of mass destruction. You know, we have a lot of saying, and you know, when the the weapons of mass destruction, the biological chemical weapons. Well, let me tell you something. The old devil, he sends the mass destruction daily. Into our lives to keep us from knowing more about our God. And what happens is we end up worshiping the God we want instead of the God who is because He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy because of what He did on Calvary for you and for me. Do not let Him, the devil, have this valuable time that you can have and I can have with the Heavenly Father. Oftentimes, like I said before, the devil will try to tempt or distract Jesus. But it wasn't when he was walking on the water. All right, it wasn't when he was feeding the five thousand. It wasn't. He didn't attack him when he was casting out the devils. He attacked him when he was fasting and praying in the desert with his heavenly Father. That's when the devil attacked him. Don't miss this. Don't miss it. That's why it's so hard to pray. You remember I gave a testimony this morning about praying all night. Let me tell you, that was one of the most hardest things that I've ever done, is to pray for several, several hours because of what, the distractions that come in the distractions that come in, the tiredness of your flesh, all of that creeps in. Have you ever found yourself going to bed and you're praying and all of a sudden you're asleep? <laughs> you're just out, right? And then you kind of wake up, maybe, you know, you, and then you kind of, okay, you don't, you don't keep praying, you just kind of, well, it's time for me to go to bed now, and then you just, you've been distracted. Because what? This flesh is weak flesh is weak and we've got to say no to the flesh we've got to say yes to the word of God yes to listening to him and then respond to what he is saying in his word if he if, if Satan tried to distract and tempt Jesus what do you think he's doing to the church today when he said and we read this morning where Jesus said when he Cast out everybody out of the temple. He said, My house shall be called a house of what? Prayer. First Corinthians six says, What? Your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. This temple that I'm that He lives in now needs to be a house of prayer. I need to be in constant communication with my Savior. I need to have His Word in my mind and in my heart. How am I going to do that? By reading it, studying it, memorizing it. I'm just a foundational guy. I'm just telling you that sin will keep you from this book. Sin will keep you from prayer. Sin will keep you away from that. He's the master of distraction. And you've got to say no to this flesh because it's weak. And say yes to that spirit And yes, I want to know God. Our prayers can accomplish much. In Luke 4, the temptation of Jesus. After He was tempted of the devil, as He was out with the Father fasting and praying, it said Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. You want power in your life? Supernatural power? It doesn't come from our flesh. It comes from the Spirit of God and the Word of God working together in us and our obedience to it and our seeking Him in every area of our life. In James chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says, "...confess your faults one to another that ye may be healed." The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man does what? It availeth much. It accomplishes much if we're right with God. 1 Corinthians 7.35 says, Attend upon the Lord without distraction. Don't allow the devil to distract you from your praying time. Don't allow the weakness of your flesh to be distracted from praying and getting close with God. What are you and I willing to give up that we may seek Him? Think about that for a second. We always make time for what we value, don't we? We love grandkids, don't we? They're so much fun. I wish we would have had them first, okay? They're so much fun. We have 14 grandchildren, two great-grandchildren. We love our grandchildren. I mean, my daughters get mad because I allow my grandchildren to eat snacks, you know, and feed them chocolate and candy, and they're, "What are you doing, Dad?" You know, you know, you didn't do that to you know for us. And I said, "You're not my granddaughter. She's my granddaughter. You're my, you're my daughter." It's just, so we understand that, okay? But the fact that we value them. I value them so much that I'm telling them about Jesus all the time. Whether the 3 3-year-old, 4-year-old, 15-year-old, 20-years-old, when I talk to them, I'm talking to them about the Lord. I want to make sure that the professions that they made during their year, that sooner or later it was something real and they weren't a professor, they are a possessor of Jesus Christ and then He lives in them, and they have a relationship with Him. That's what I desire. That's what I desire for you as well. Remember, we have to value our personal time with the Lord. It should be the one thing that we desire. You know, it talks about desire, the sincere milk of the Word of God that you can grow. What about a desire to seek God's face. Turn to the book of Psalms, if you would, with me. Psalms 27. We'll begin reading at verse number 1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, come upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war should rise against me, in this will I be confident. Verse 4, One thing have I desired of the Lord, the psalmist cried out, that I will seek after. One thing I'm going to seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. Think about our temple. This is Jesus Christ. He lives in us. As a believer, He lives in us. He wants that fellowship with us. He desires that. When's the last time we cleaned our temple inside? And I know we took baths and showers on that. What about the inside? You know, where Christ is, where the Holy Spirit is. Or are we still at war with our flesh and the Spirit in our life? Look at verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. Oh, my. I look back at my life, God hid me sometimes. He hit me from the enemy. When I was in Africa, two, three guys jump out with AK-47s. One of them sticks a machine gun in my jaw. For some reason, he was speaking in Swahili. I don't understand it much, but he was speaking, and he saw another vehicle coming, so he just let me go. I don't know why. And then the car behind me, he shot and killed the two people in the car and stole their vehicle. Now, I don't know why he did that. I don't know why I... Again, He let me go, but He did. And so, God's protection, God's provision, all of those things. I'm just so thankful, so thankful for that. And so look what it says. It says, "...and now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore, will I offer in this tabernacle, in this tabernacle, sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord." Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me when thou saidest. Look at verse 8. Seek ye my face. He says there, My heart said unto thee, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. That's what I mentioned there at the beginning. There's a difference between seeking God's hand and seeking His face. Seeking his provisions, but not seeking the person, Christ. Christ lives in me. Galatians 2.20, right? You've memorized that? I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me gave Himself for me. He lives within me. I want to see His face. Oh, if I could keep that in my mind and in my heart. I wonder what type of lives we would be living today. Knowing Him. Pleasing Him in all things. Look at Joel. You want to write this reference down? Joel chapter 2, verse 12. Joel 2, 12. I'll read it. It says, Therefore also now saith the Lord, Turn ye even to me with all your heart, and with fasting, and with weeping, and with mourning, and rend your heart, not your garments. Turn unto the Lord your God, for He is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness with all your heart, with all your being. In 1983, at the beginning of the Major League Baseball season, I was called into the office of Joe Althabelli, my manager, and he said these words to me. He says, Bobby, you're taking Jesus this Jesus thing, he called it. You're taking this Jesus thing too far. He said, you make everybody nervous. Nobody wants to be around you. You, know, you bring your Bible to the ballpark. You read your Bible. You tell people about Jesus. I said, well, let me ask you something, Skip. Do I, do I, when it's time for me to be on the field, do I work hard? He goes, oh, yeah. I'm not questioning that. You're the first one at the ballpark, last one. I don't question your work ethic. I just question... Listen, leave Jesus in the church. <laughs> I said, Joe, you don't know your Bible. I said, I am the church. He lives in me. You see, for by one spirit are we all placed into one body, that spiritual rock. Jesus Christ lives in me. And He lives in every born-again believer. And I looked at him and he said, well... You know, I I said, Joe, I said, he goes wherever I go. I can't be separated from him, though I go to Africa or wherever, it don't matter. (laughs) And Joe said to me, well, he ain't going to Baltimore. So they sent me down to the minor leagues that year in 83, and then, of course, I got called back up. But he doesn't understand. he He had a religious background. He thought God lived in the church, in a building made with hands. He lives inside the believer. person who's trusted Him, called upon Him. This is His temple. And I'm what I'm to make sure this temple is clean for Him. I don't need to be involved in sexual sins. I need to make sure my speech is is true and right according to the Word of God. My walk backs up my talk. And so I need those things. Look what it says in Matthew 6. Chapter six, uh, verse sixteen through eighteen. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily, I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto the Father which is in secret. And the Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Don't walk around and brag about your prayer life. Okay? Your fasting. Oh, I'm fasting today. I'm sorry I can't eat. Looks good, but I've you know I'm, just have a smile on your face, say, No, thank you. No thanks. okay, no thank you. You know. And then look at Jeremiah twenty nine, verse thirteen. These are references. He says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. He didn't say with a little part of it. I'll seek you with what I got left, but I got this over here, God. No, you don't understand. He's, He's Lord of all. He bought me with His blood. I am His. If you're saved here today, you are His. You belong to Him. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to talk to you. He wants you to seek Him. To seek Him. To get to know Him. To come face to face with Him. And I know one day we will. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. But in the meantime, if I could just behold the mirror, if I could just behold Him, I could see Him in the Word of God and have Him communicate with me The Word of God. Prayer and the Word. See, pray to seek God's face, not just His hands. You say, Brother Bonner, do you ask God for provisions? Yes. I I pray for my children. I pray for my grandchildren. I pray for my wife. I pray for Brother, Brother Russell that God would touch you guys and bless this church and others. Pray for their salvation. Yes, I do that. But I also want to just know Him. I want to know Him. I want to get to where we can have a conversation. And by the way, I really think that God loves it when we pray back to Him the Word. His Word. You know, maybe, I know He knows everything. I understand that. But maybe just remind Him. You know, I'm just reminding you what you said, God. You know, it says here that these things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. God, You wrote that. You said that I could know it. And I believe what You said and I know You. I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I have what? Given to Him against that day. I'm saved. And I'm going to heaven. And I hope and pray tonight you know you're saved. God forbid something happen to you. I hope and pray you know. Seek God's face. Over the next couple nights, we're going to be going over that, seeking God's face, how to do that. So I hope you won't let the master of distraction, okay? The weapons of mass distraction happen to you. I hope you will make a commitment and come back and be with us around His Word. Father, thank You for this evening. Lord, thank You for bringing us together. Lord, I have such freedom here, and I thank You for that. I thank You for my brothers and sisters from all parts of the world today. Lord, I love coming here because I know what Your Word says. Around Your throne one day, all kindreds, tribes, nations, What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, when I look upon Your face, the One who saved me by Your grace. God, thank You. Thank You that we can talk. Thank You for prayer, O God. Thank You how You placed it in Your Word. Lord, again... God, we just rebuke the devil, God, that master of deception and distraction. God, help us. Teach us. Draw us close to Thee, O God. Our heads are bowed, eyes closed, no one look around You say, Brother Bobby, I'm not sure I'm saved tonight. I'm not sure if I were to die tonight, where I would go, where I would spend eternity. Please pray for me. Would you just raise up your hand, please? I want to pray for you. If you're not sure you're saved, anybody at all? Anybody at all? I'm not sure. Thank you. God bless you. You may put it down. I see it. Thank you. Well, the Bible says this. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All of us in this room. Me, I'm pointing my finger at me. I'm a sinner. I deserve hell. That's what I deserve. But Jesus, but God, commendeth his love towards us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Christ died for you. I want you to know that. Jesus Christ died for you. Went to Calvary's tree, shed His blood, was put in a grave. And three days and three nights later, He arose from the grave. And the Bible says if you will call upon Him, if you'll ask Him to save you, if you'll trust Him and Him only and believe that He died for you personally, And ask Him with the mouth. The Bible says confession is made into salvation. I can't force you. I wish I could save you. I can't save you. Only Jesus can save you. But you've got to call upon Him. And the Bible says it'll be real. It'll be real. Because He will not cast you out. If you seek Him, you'll find Him. If you ask, He'll answer. If you knock, He'll in. So, God, I pray for this one who's raised their hand. God, please, move on their heart. Lord, again, thank you so much for this evening. One more prayer request, Father, going out to everyone here tonight. Say, Brother Bobby, the Lord has spoke to me about my prayer life. Please pray for me. Anyone like that? Raise your hand real high. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. May put them down. Thank you, Father, once again, for what you're doing in this place. Lord, this is your church. These are your people. God, use them, draw them, teach them how to seek your face. In Jesus' name, for His glory.